0: Gentlemen, welcome to the Good Roads Podcast. I am Jared Lemay, and the other half of this podcast dynamic duo, Nana 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 Thomas. It's been a hot minute since we dropped a new episode, but not for lack of
1: trying. Is that uh, not right, Mister Barricat? That's that's true, Jared. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, it was you said it was a hot minute. It was also a hot summer, and uh, I think it was good for us to kind of step away a little bit, come back refreshed with new ideas, new guests, and uh, a bold uh, uh, schedule for the fall. That is uh, definitely true. And uh, although it was a
0: hot summer, uh, people usually take summer for being pretty chill, but uh, not around here at the Good Roads office. Uh, We've been burning the midnight oil um, on both ends, preparing for all of our initiatives coming up this fall and winter, right up until the 2023 Good Roads Conference taking place once again in April at the beautiful Fairmont Royal York in downtown Toronto, because everybody seemed to have a fantastic time last year. That's right. But uh, yeah, with all of these initiatives, we're preparing podcast episodes to correspond with them, such as our often referenced, not much talked about advocacy day coming in November. So everybody, will get to see the, uh, I guess, lighter side of that. Um, But today's episode, we're going to end our series on elections as the third and final level of government is up for election at the end of October, correct? That's right. All right. So we've been through the federal federal elections last year, the uh, provincial elections at the beginning of summer, and now we come to a, uh, municipal elections where we're going to do things a little bit differently here. In the past, we've discussed party platforms and what they mean for our members. Uh, this time around, with no parties to speak of, we'll be talking with today's guest about the role and direction of municipal politics is taking. So with that being said, I am proud to introduce our guest, a Good Roads director, former deputy mayor and councillor for Grey Highlands, former as of the end of October, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and current asset coordinator and financial analyst for the township of Southgate, and might I say, a really stand-up guy, Mr. <laughs> Akash Desai. <laughs> Welcome to the Good Roads podcast. It's a pleasure to finally have you on the show, sir.
2: Thank you very much, sir. Um- that, that that introduction flattered me a lot. <laughs> well, well, every
0: word of it is true, and I just want everybody to know that.
2: I, I, have, so, I have made no uh, no payments to neither Jared nor Thomas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are not sponsored yet. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Anyway, um, I, I guess to start things off, uh, why don't you give us a, a, a little heads up uh, TLDR about yourself?
2: Um, so, my name is Akash, um, and I was I, I moved to Canada when I was about 15, and um, I finished grade 11 and 12 in Brampton. Um, my family moved full-time to Flesherton, which is a part of Grey Highlands, in 2007, when my mom and dad bought a small family-run business. Um, <clears throat> I completed my post-secondary education uh, with a bachelor's in business administration, because um, At the time, um, my dream was to be a corporate financial analyst, um, mainly because I'd given up on my dream of ever becoming Batman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> which is why when jared started with na 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 i said I thought, am i being introduced this early <laughs> if i'd
0: known that if if i'd known you wanted to be batman and not a uh a soccer star or football star i probably would have led with that <laughs>
2: <laughs> no I, as a kid I, I always wanted to be a batman because um you know one of my teachers asked me why, why do you want to be batman and not and not superman like your friends i said well when superman's not superman he's or Kent. Yeah. You know, some random dude. When Batman's not Batman, he's rich and he's great. <laughs> that's right. So, <laughs> so yeah, you don't need superpowers, right. you
0: just need a buttload of money to be a superhero. And, and a buttload of brains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: that's true, right? too. yes. Right? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I graduated and um, I, I couldn't find uh, any re- you know, really any employment because it was at the end of the or at the at, during the economic downturn and I was I was working away at mom and dad's um, motel and restaurant trying to think of you know well what's what's next I've got my bachelor's um you know I I don't want to waste away yeah. uh, my life um and at the time I wasn't a Canadian citizen yet and you know so working in a restaurant I I kind of um Got talking to a few people, um, a lot of young people, students who went to the high school across from the restaurant would come in and I'd talk to them and, you know, listen to um, what what issues uh, weren't being discussed at the council table. And um, in 2014, in in April of 2014, I I, uh, became a citizen and and I decided I'd be running for council at the time. Um, You know, I thought it would keep me out of trouble.
1: (laughs) So, so to summarize, you couldn't find any other job, so you decided to run for counsel. That was... Uh... <laughs>
2: well, so the problem was I interviewed for a few positions uh, which mm-hmm. were advertised as entry level, and I, I interviewed, and uh, at one of them, the interviewer said, you know, well, it would be nice if you had experience, and I oh. said, well, it would be nice if you didn't advertise for an entry-level position then, and I, I felt that was the end of my rope, and... Um, you know, I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to take some time off because I can't do that at interviews. I can't go out, go out no. and, you know, <laughs> say, <laughs> well, maybe it would be nice if you did that. <laughs> 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 so yeah, no, and um, I noticed uh, that that a lot of issues related to youth weren't being discussed at the council table, um, mainly because there were there were, wasn't any younger people at the table, and. Um, Generally, younger people have a harder time going to the public meetings because they have other commitments, such as kids taking kids to hockey, taking kids to this, that, and the other thing. You know, and as Jared mentioned while we were uh, chatting earlier, going to hockey yourself and you know trying to find yeah. a babysitter for your kid. So, because of all this, even even though there's uh, evening public meetings you're basically making a choice between going to a public meeting or doing something that allows you to relax or something for your kids, right? So you have those other commitments. So the youth perspective wasn't really coming forward. Um, So I decided that I would, you know, initially I didn't want to run for council. Um, So I approached um, a a few members of council and one member of council said, you know, I've been doing this job for X number of years, kid. I don't need you to tell me how to do it. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> I said, well, I guess that's a fair comment. And, 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 you know, in the grand scheme of things, you wouldn't go to Wayne Gretzky and say, you know, this is how you need to hit the puck or whatever, right? Um, so I said, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll run for counsel. I think I have good ideas. I think I have ideas that deserve to be heard. And if people... Right. Uh, agree with that, then great. And if they don't, that's fine as well. I gave it a shot and, you know, there's just not that appetite. So yeah, I wanted to...
0: It doesn't really seem like the attitude, uh, I guess, the other counselor that you should have as a counselor. I mean, like, you're trying to represent everybody. And I mean, like you mentioned earlier, that's in where I'm from, our region, we had an opening for council and I, I saw my... I guess my position at Good Roads is a good way to help my community. And I mean, if somebody had come to me and said, uh, yeah, your voice doesn't matter because I've been doing this for X amount of years. Well, there's a good chance you've been doing it for X amount of years wrong. So, yeah, uh, Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sounds like a good reason to run actually like uh, if you don't see your voice being represented right. or a yeah. large group of people's voices being represented, you are now going to be that voice and you were that voice.
2: Right. And, you know, I, I wanted to see some change in how we did things, change in perspective. And so yeah. I decided I'd, I'd give it a shot. Uh, you know, a, a 23 year old kid. Um, yeah. So it was,
1: it was a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> so so just to kind of sum that up in a sense, you decided to run in 2014 because, you felt there was a, a group of people whose voice wasn't being heard and you kind of wanted to help have that reflected at, in the decision-making of municipal councils. Correct. Um, okay. Well, that's uh, I think that's a, that's a very uh, good reason to want to run and to, to kind of have that. And I think, you know, you mentioned if you lost, you know, whatever, but, you know, I think no one's, no one's made worse by putting their name forward for something like this, running for public office, you know, we, you know, we need people who are willing to do that. And it's not always the easiest job um, to do. And I kind of want to maybe shift a little bit to that. So you, you first got elected in 2014. You got reelected in 2018. You decided not to run again. So I guess what I want to ask is what's changed since you were first elected and why have you decided not to run again? Perhaps there's a connection there.
2: Yeah, so there's a there's a few different factors at play here. Um, the main, the most important one for me, um, earlier this year, I I sat down, you know, trying to think of what, what am I going to do with, with my platform? What will I have on my platform? And I realized it was still the same things. You know, I wanted uh, better, I wanted our decisions to reflect the impact that it had on younger people and younger families. I wanted us to, um, increase our asset management spending. Um, I wanted to increase our capital expenditures, infrastructure uh, reserves, and so on. So looking at that, I said, well, you know, it's very similar to what I had in 2014. Uh, It's very similar to what I had in 2018. Um, If I continue to run, then it's hypocritical of me because I initially ran because I wanted to see change. Um, If after eight years, I'm still running on the same platform, it means one of two things. Um, One, I'm not doing anything at council and I'm not bringing these issues forward, Um, or two, I have brought them forward, and I just haven't had enough purchase on them, and that's fine. Um, and you know, I, I'm still proud of the fact that when I first got onto council, we we were um, we were making uh, token contributions for our asset management reserve. Now we have every year we have a one percent set aside, one um, percent levy set aside to uh, ded- dedicated solely to asset management. Um, so, you know, I've, I've made some changes or I've, I've been able to force some change on that front. Um, so it just, to me, it, it said, you know, maybe these ideas need to come from a different voice um, or it's just not the right time for these ideas for the population. Um, and neither of those is wrong. Um, I think I do honestly believe that municipalities um, should ignore asset management at their own peril. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, politics is a game of popularity and of, of uh, votes from the electorate. So um, I, I can understand why why um, elected officials choose to you know not say, well, we're going to put raise taxes this much for infrastructure spending. It just doesn't sound um, attractive or sexy.
0: Um, but at the, but at getting time, back to the uh, at the same time, with that, um, I, I'd rather somebody tell me the hard truth than, than sugarcoat it to get elected next election. I mean, it the, the, that way of thinking that oh, I, I want to get elected again, so I'm going to say the popular thing. To me, does not sound like somebody who should be in. In um, I it's mean, part of democracy, model. though, Jared. Yeah, kind they, of they really they know, but, yeah, they get elected. They
2: get elected, Jared. You can't yeah, make a I know. Not elected, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. That, that's that's I, the hard great, part. Though. But
1: that's part of that's kind of <laughs> yeah. What, that, that's, that's the hard part, though. I mean, you, yeah. you can't
0: say and you can't say that these people are the ones who should be elected and these people shouldn't because it's democracy. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, you're you're making it harder on yourself and you're you're doing the destructive thing by saying we can't raise taxes because of X or or uh, meanwhile thinking that oh that's going to get me elected.
2: But, but the problem is it does. It does get people yeah. elected. Um, I, did, I did a podcast with a friend in 2015 um, during the conservative leadership race that saw Andrew Shearer get elected. And I, I forget, but there was one candidate who proposed um, lowering, lowering or eliminating the corporate tax, um, the corporate income tax. And we were talking about that. And the argument my friend made, I believe, was it's a good idea and i said well that doesn't matter it's not an electable idea Um, a good idea or a good policy is inherently something that can get you elected because that's the whole point of politics it's getting elected right Um, seven years from then i've changed my mind you know i don't agree i'm not going to comment on whether uh, eliminating corporate tax is a good policy or not because that's not my bailiwick (laughs) but um i have changed my opinion on Good policy does not necessarily mean it gets you elected. Good policy is good on its own merit. Um, that's true. You know, that, that's the difference between twenty five year old Akash and thirty two year old Akash. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you've so you've learned then. You've this I, is, I've this learned. is the big this is the big twenty fourteen and now.
2: Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and the other part of it as well, you know, at thirty two, um, I'm I'm looking for something that's more stable. Um, Mm -hmm. that has a lifespan beyond four years where, you know, um, it's easier for me now to go out and say, listen, I need a, um, I'm I'm looking for a job and it's easier for me to get a job now than it is in 2036 when I'll be turning 36, right? Um, So, or 2026 when I'll be turning 36. God, I still (laughs) can't So... So um yeah, you know I, I I felt it was the right time to step away because I didn't have new ideas necessarily to bring forward or a new way to bring the same idea forward, and I was looking for for some stability and and the last one, which I think not enough politicians talk about, is I've over the eight years I've progressively seen the electorate get um more rude to put it in a better way. Um, with their elected officials and municipal staff as well. Um, you know, we've forgotten how to disagree with people. Um, if, if someone doesn't agree or do what we want them to do, um, they're either corrupt and taking bribes or they're not listening to the people. Um, you know, and, and I think people forget often that those seven people or how many other people in your council that you've elected are privy to certain information that you aren't necessarily privy to. They've done some further research that you necessarily haven't necessarily done. They forget this and so therefore when they disagree with something councils doing it's it's you know well you're not listening to the public or you're corrupt and you're on the take and um, it's unfortunate uh, but it does end up taking a, a heavy mental toll um, especially I've I've always taken um, a lot of pride in in the fact that you know, Um, as an elected official, I might not make a lot of money, I might not change the world, but I am helping my community, and I'm I'm going to leave this job with my integrity intact. So when someone attacks my integrity by saying, well, you know, you're on the take, or you're on this for yourself, um, it it hurts that personal side of me, which, you know, mentally speaking, um, isn't a fun place to be for me, or for people around me, because obviously, you know, um, if you're not mentally um, in a good place yourself, it rubs off and other people notice this, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, so I I think we don't often talk about the electorate and the responsibility that the electorate has um, towards the elected official. We always talk about the elected official's responsibility to the electorate.
0: Right. And I think the big thing about that, too, is um, the access to the elected official via social media. I mean, the Internet's been a great thing, but social yeah. media has been an absolute train wreck. And <laughs> yeah, And the, I, and the I access think- to, the, so, to the elected official 24 hours a day and yeah. just the constant yeah. being able to watch them and what they do and what they say and being able to respond anonymously um, like i forget who said it but somebody said like a lot of these people who comment on twitter aren't used to uh saying stuff in person and getting punched in the face <laughs> like when you have that fear of getting dead yeah. for, for saying something stupid then you're not going to say something stupid but these people are anonymous and you know they think they're anonymous um and yeah. they come out and say whatever they want or, or yeah trolls just to get a rise out of you yeah.
1: yeah and i think this is i think this is probably a huge Um, hindrance to actually getting good people to want to run Um, and actually even having that diversity in uh, people running and like let's be honest uh, women and uh, you know people of color get this stuff a lot worse than others and uh, trying to convince them to want to run like but and then they go and see these vile you know attacks on social media and sometimes you know it's if they get doxed or something, it's just like, why would, and, and for what you're not, and like you said, it's you're not going to get rich in municipal politics and not that you need to get rich, but sometimes you weigh, you know, (laughs) me and my family and their well being versus this, you want to make a difference. Is it worth it? A lot of the time, honestly, a lot of people probably make that analysis and say no. And, and we're all worse off for that. Um, And uh, yeah, the electorate has to be, I think in some sense, kind of like, uh, you know, responsible for that. We all have to kind of um, you know, do our part to foster a healthy democracy, and uh, it's just really unfortunate the past two years with the pandemic and you know that lockdowns. A lot of people seem to have kind of that level of anger has really kind of risen, and uh, you know, I'm, hopefully, it starts to come back down now that we've kind of resumed a sense of normalcy. But uh, yeah. I don't know.
2: I, I, I feel I feel as a as a as a community, as a society, we're becoming very polarized. Um, You know, and and that's at every level of government, Um, you know, at the municipal level, it's, you know, uh, the electorate saying it's us versus staff and council um, at the because we don't have parties at the municipal level, at the provincial and federal level, we have parties. And, you know, I I just feel that we're going down a very dangerous, uh, slippery slope where, you know, you're either with us or you're against us. Um, There's no in between. There's no nuance to disagreements anymore. Um, and I, I think that needs to change. Um, you know, when I decided I didn't want to run, I approached a few um, people because I still wanted younger people to be on council. And I approached a few people and, and you know, who I, you know, and I'm not saying I'm the best judge of character, but I, these are people that I respect a lot. So I approached them and I said, hey, listen, um, I think you, you need to consider running. And they said, I've, I've seen what happened to you. Why, why would I put myself through that? Right. You know? Um, and it, which is a fair point. Uh, and speaking of the pros and cons of the economical side of it, um, at the Township of Southgate, I'm by no means a senior staff, um, but I make um, more money at the Township of Southgate than I do as the Deputy Mayor of Grey Highlands um, for significantly less stress. You know, when I'm done yeah. my, my, when I'm done work at four, I'm done. I head out, I don't have to answer my phone, I don't have to answer emails, Um, although there is an exception to that. I was on my way home one day, and someone called me and said, "Um, my road is awful, and I need you to do something about it. And I said, okay, well, uh, sure, sir, Uh, what what road do you live on? Well, Southgate Road 28, (laughs) or 26, it was a Southgate road, and I said, "Um, sir, I am the deputy mayor of Grey Highlands, I don't have control over Southgate roads. Well, I know, but I also know you work at Southgate, so make it happen. <laughs> okay. Well, sir, I work in the finance department, not in the roast department. Um, here's the number for your deputy mayor. Maybe give him a call. <laughs> so lose that the was attitude. the only time.
0: <laughs> you get it. You get a lot more, uh, a lot more flies with honey rather than uh, vinegar,
1: right? Right. <laughs> uh. So yeah, so Kosh, uh, yeah, so, like on that on that note, it's interesting. You talked about you know the being on the elected side, being on the staff side. You, you're one of I, I don't want to say like it's not rare, but you're one of the few people who have actually been on both sides. And sometimes you see a staffer who's been there for a long time decide they want to run because they've anyways see how it works and all that sort of thing. But you're one of the few who's who's actually was elected first and then decided that they want to go to the staff side, like. Has this given you any, you know, unique perspectives that maybe others could benefit from hearing? Because you said that there seems to be this polarization not amongst just the electorate, but amongst uh, councils versus staff and that sort okay. of thing. Is there any, is there anything there that you could uh, share with us that might be just an interesting for our listeners to hear or beneficial? Yeah.
2: So I, I think um, since I got, ever since I've been elected, I've always um, identified more with staff because at the end of the day, they they have the resources to the time resources, really, to uh, do the research and bring recommendations forward. And as council, we're researching the recommendations and the pros and cons of those recommendations only, not the whole host of things that was done before the reports come to council. Um, I also, the thing that attracted me towards moving to the staff side was the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's subjective. Um, you, you look at a, a problem and you say, okay, well, here's all the possible solutions. Of those possible solutions, these three solutions, for example, are objectively the best solutions or the best recommendations. You take that to council and they make that decision. On the council side, I felt it becomes a lot more subjective where your consideration is not only operational, but it's also about if I make this decision, What is the electorate going to say about it? And you're thinking of that side, the political side of things. And I, I, unfortunately, given the structure of how municipal governance operates, I feel that it's inappropriate almost to do that because councils are there effectively to manage. They're managing a corporation in the most base language. They're managing a corporation. So they really shouldn't be thinking of what's the electorate going to think of me in four years or three, two, one year. You know, They should be thinking about what's the best decision I can make today that ensures the feasibility of this corporation into the future. Um, and unfortunately, I, I found that it was, it was an uphill battle for me um, at council to bring that forward and say, we can't think of four years from now. We have to think of 40 years from now. Um, and, you know, um, one of the things I like saying every budget meeting is, listen, we have to bite the bullet today because if we don't, someone's going to have to make a meal out of a cannonball uh, 40 years from now.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, so it's, it's, I find that that, uh, that dis- difference, that discrepancy of, you know, there's an objective truth and then there's the subjective consideration. I, I struggled with that on the political side. Um, and and that's not to say that wrong decisions were made. Um, I stand by every decision Gray Highlands or Gray County Council has made, regardless of which way I voted on it, um, because you know seven people or eighteen people discussed that um, that subject, that topic, and a majority of the of that council voted accordingly. Um, so I stand by those decisions, but I, I feel that th- that discrepancy of you know the objective. Um, the objective truth versus the subjective uh, considerations. Um, I struggled with that on, on the political side. Um, so you know, on the staff side, it's, you know, the numbers are there, the data is there and the data says something and,
1: you know, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is here, but yeah, I see, I, I definitely see what you're saying is um, it's a, yeah, objective versus subjective and, uh, you know but at the end of the day councils counselors mayors they're it's it's something that maybe you can't almost quantify like you say there's political considerations but at the sure. end of the day this is a democratic system and they're they're they i guess decisions that they're reflecting the will of the people if we want to go back to talking about it at the very base level so yeah they're they are running a corporation but they're also accountable they have a job interview every four years um and uh you know people can't say Well, you know, uh, or, or they can't say, well, I'm not being represented. Uh, why would you make this decision? Because they either voted for them or they didn't, or, you know, but that's democracy like, that's for better or for worse. Um, that's just part of it. Right. True. At the end of the day,
0: at the end of the day too, being on both the political and the staff side, you know, that the staff is bringing forth the best options. To make the decision,
1: so but staff doesn't have option, to worry about the same things as council, which is what no. I but guess I'm, what I'm what I'm saying it. is,
0: if you have an issue, if you have an issue, staff says, okay, you have choice A, B, or C to make. Yeah, and then say council picks sta- uh A, or sorry, option C because they want to get elected in three years. You know that staff isn't floating C out there to get people elected. They're floating A, B, and C because those are the best three possible options. So. Yeah. At least they have merit to them, as opposed to, hey, what's going to get people elected?
2: And and to talk on the on the topic of elections, I feel um, there's a quote by James Freeman Clark that I absolutely love, and he said, uh, "A politician thinks of the next election; a statesman thinks of the next generation." You know, and I think as an electorate, we would be better served if we elected statesmen rather than politicians. Um right. And I don't mean to say that as a as a uh, punch to the, the uh, career of a politician because I do think politics and being a politician is is, is a noble uh, career mm-hmm. um, but I like that that's a different thing that bugs me which we might talk about at a later time but you know about people giving the term politician a negative connotation but right. you know I think we need uh, politicians. We need statesmen who think of that next generation rather than just, you know, what can I do today to get me elected in four years.
0: So that that's actually a fantastic quote. Very, very apt. Actually, um, what would you uh, what would you tell people like if, to look for in terms of statesmen as opposed to politicians? I, I don't want to give it a negative connotation anymore <laughs> after what you just no, said. So- <laughs> what, what, what are what what are you looking for? in a statesman as opposed to somebody who's just in it to get elected every four years?
2: So for one, I think um, you need someone who's able to analyze the um, the the challenges of the coming election. And I, I'm going to speak to speak about this in terms of the upcoming election and the candidates within that. Um, you need someone who can analyze the, the the political changes that will come in the next four years. For example, um, just under asset management, each council will have to have two different updates to their asset management plan um, early on in this um, this term of council um, next year. Well, the deadlines are 24 and 25, but um, by the end of next year, um, your councils will have to have their um, levels, their proposed levels of service uh, prepared. So, you know, you want to you want to ask them what level of service would you propose, and the year after that, they're going to have to discuss and debate on how are they going to fund that level of service. So, you know, if someone says, your taxes cannot go down, that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's up to you to make that um, value judgment of, am I willing to pay um, more taxes for the level of services I receive? Um, And if it's a no, fair play to you. You can vote for someone who says, I will provide a lower level of service. Um, What upsets me is there's candidates who are running saying, I will lower your taxes. And no one chooses to ask them, how will you do that? You know, are you cutting levels of service? Because at the end of the day, no matter what you do, if you're reducing taxes, you're cutting levels of service. If Mm -hmm. If you're firing staff because... I'm going to reduce the payroll. You're cutting levels of service because right now, five staff can respond to 10 emails a day. Four staff will not respond to 10 emails a day. They can't. They physically can't because municipal okay. um, municipalities as corporations, staff there are working um, beyond, uh, beyond their limits and putting more on their plate is not feasible, um, especially no. when... Uh, The private sector offers much more lucrative um, pay packages, uh, whether we like it or not. Well, Um, the
0: other thing too that um, Good Roads has been advocating for is um, more revenue generating options for municipalities, because currently all municipalities have for revenue generation is um, property uh, property taxes. I mean, little things like bus service and stuff like that, but... I mean, if you're if you're lowering taxes, like you said, you're you're lowering levels of service. Your your roads aren't going to get fixed in the time that they're supposed to. Um, yeah, and that actually reminded me. I was on um, a Reddit forum the other day, which take it with a grain of salt because it's Reddit, but they were complaining <laughs> about how their um, one of their of uh, counselors who was running was talking about lowering taxes, and he mentioned this exact same thing: is okay if you're going to lower taxes, what are we losing? And yeah. I, I think his exact thing was I'm going to run uh, the city through a um,
2: oh, what was the word forensic audit <laughs> forensic audit, forensic yeah, audit. <laughs> audit. Thank you. there you go
0: forensic pro- <laughs> yeah. forensic audit, Whatever. and then the guy the person's like, well, what if what if we're running at peak efficiency? Then how do you keep your promise?
2: Yeah. So, and, I, I, yeah, and, yeah, and again, that's that's effectively um, a candidate for mayor in in Wasega Beach has said, you know, um, a property tax rebate uh, in the first year, and then a property tax freeze for the three years following. So the way this would be financed is a forensic audit of the yeah. um, of the municipality, um, and the the th- the thing that got my goat on this was um the candidate on their website said it might also uncover some nefarious activities at city hall now okay what if there isn't nefarious activities at city hall yeah. what if it is city hall is in fact running efficiently where how do you keep your promise now more importantly if we look at the cost of just the cost of gravel i'm not even talking about asphalt right now just the cost of gravel right goes up exponentially and at a higher rate than uh, the the, the average consumer price index every year. On top of that, um, insurance costs go up significantly higher than annual CPI. So if you're going to freeze the taxes, um, you're still having to cut your level of service because you're not bringing in more revenue. (laughs) Right. So.
1: And at some point, it's going to have to be made up, right, whether it's like whether it's in this term uh, through cutting services or if they get thrown out because everybody gets upset about the, well, the cuts in the level of service, uh, then the, then the next council is going to going to go have to go and make up for all that and raise taxes even more at once. And then in, yep. in 40 years, we end up with a forty three billion dollar deficit in uh, infrastructure, <laughs> thirty thirty four point thirty four. According, according to that's right to now, though, data. that's right now. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. exactly. right. Exactly. Right now, <laughs> See, and that's the thing is that yeah, it's it's just so okay. Everything we just talked about the past five minutes. The Globe and Mail recently had a uh, uh, an editorial, I believe, and they talked about the rise of the unserious politician, um, and this is kind of what we're talking about. You know, the unserious whenever he's just getting reelected, but also very they just provide very simple solutions to very complex problems. And mm-hmm. this, people like to kind of like neglect the municipal government, but these are very complex issues. Asset management is a very good example of this. Uh, you have to maintain this, and if you don't, it's going to end up costing us more, all of us, in the long run. So you don't like that three percent increase in property tax? Now we'll get ready for that ten percent increase just to get it back up to you know the standard it should be at. Um, otherwise, we have to close that bridge, and you know what? That's not good for the economy, and we're all yeah. going to suffer from that too. Um,
2: the, the, yeah, example, that, that the example example I love
0: bringing up. driving over and they die.
2: <laughs> the example what? I love bringing up is um is the township of meaford um, between two thousand and five and two thousand and eleven I want to say it could have been two thousand and nine but for us for a significant chunk of time, they froze their taxes. there was no tax increases. they depleted their reserves um to the point where, um, the, the provincial ministry had to come in and say, "We're going to legislate that you have to have this level of tax increase to replenish your reserves." Um, now, meford has passed that, and you know they had uh, several double-digit increases. They're past that, and now every year they set aside—I um, I believe it's two and a half percent of levy increase simply for uh, the roads and bridges. Um, okay. People tend to forget about that. This is not. Days gone by in the 1800s or the 1900s. This is in 2005. So 17 years ago, um, this happened and people paid the price for it 10 10 years ago.
0: Well, and the thing with that too is um, if the provincial government comes down and says you've got to increase your taxes, how many people are going to move out of that city? And now your tax base just becomes even less and that has to go up more. Um, I guess... uh, alternatively to that, would, um, would the provincial government getting involved be necessarily a bad thing in, in the sense that, and I'm just sort of spitballing here, municipalities take care of a lot of roads in Ontario. Um, what are we up, like 80% of the roads, something like that? I, I'm just throwing a number out there. I know I, it's high. I think
2: between province and the, the across Canada, between the province and the federal government, um, they operate, own, and operate about twelve percent of uh, roads, and municipalities across Canada operate the eighty-eight.
0: Okay, like so Canada. what if the what if the provincial and federal government got a little bit more involved? Um, I, I guess with more money going towards the provinces to help them out with this. I mean, like or not the provinces, the municipalities, because like I was saying earlier, municipalities only have essentially one form of revenue generation. Yeah.
1: Well, so, Jared, that already kind of exists. Like, for example, the federal government used to be called the gas tax fund. Now it's called the Canada Community Building Fund. And that's supposed to go to municipal infrastructure. But it's even though and this the, the current federal government, you know, will give them credit for that. They, I think they doubled it twice throughout the past uh, decade right. or so, almost decade. Um, and it's still not enough. Like that's the thing. Wow. And it, like, because we still have this deficit, it, that's how big it is. That's how monumental yeah. the infrastructure deficit is because there's a huge disconnect between who owns the assets and who has the taxation powers and right. municipalities own the most, but don't have any, they can't afford to, this is a systemic issue. And honestly, I harp on this every time. in almost every policy <laughs> thing I put out is that until this gets solved, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. Municipalities go to the province cap in hand, give us more, give us more, give us more. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know how this changes. And how do you, and this thing, we're trying to talk about elections here. How do you go and communicate this to the average uh, voter who, you know, they're preoccupied with their own life and they might just notice there's a bunch of potholes in the road or whatever, but they don't, they don't really know why. They don't, they don't see that, that there's this huge thing at play here. They just say, well, you should go fix my road. Why is my road messed up, uh, Southgate mayor or uh, Deputy Mayor Akash? Uh, <laughs> you know, but they, and that's the thing, the electorate, they they're it's not their job to know this stuff but if they did and if this could be communicated in a very i guess effective way or, or sim- broken down not let's say not oversimplified but simple enough that the average person can understand maybe i don't know maybe that's something that we'd see some some. you know probably and not that's sort totally of why i brought sure. that up
0: on this podcast is because yeah. we have sort of simplified it down to that level that um we're, we're looking for uh, statesmen who will take this issue seriously and say listen we do have to increase property taxes or whatever the solution is because and I think we've done that actually pretty eloquently um, in the last um, 20 minutes about what the problems are and the solutions. Whereas if you get, say, a politician who's going to come in and say, well, I'll lower your taxes because there's uh, uh, corruption at City Hall and that's where your tax money's going. <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, you've got to you've got to look for Well, like Akash said. You got to look for the statesman versus the politician, right? And 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 this, this all has to do with municipal elections. And I think we've, uh, even though we've sort of gotten out into the weeds a bit, we've brought it back fairly well.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think, unfortunately, the only, the only feasible way for municipalities to resolve their asset management issues, is through property taxation, because historically, um, councils have been focused on lower taxes rather than the level of service um, my hope is that with the 24 25 update um, on asset management plans the focus will shift from lower taxes to a level of service um, you know if I could give you the same level of service as last year but it's still going to cost more so the days of um, you know people expecting and councils perhaps being able to deliver a zero percent tax increase um they're behind us that we we don't you know they're they're gone and we should as an electorate we should um understand that and accept it um instead of saying you know um i need um zero percent taxes or i need lower taxes
1: right okay so let's shift gears here just for just for a bit i want to kind of connect the dots between a few of the things that we've talked about so we talked about um, you know voter polarization, abusive of officials we talked about serious issues, serious politicians unserious politicians there's a huge level of voter apathy um, at the municipal level It's always kind of been like this. Um, I think the average voter turnout at the municipal elections is around 40 percent. I, th- I believe, according to AMO stats that I pulled up just before this, in 2018, the average voter turnout was around 38 percent, which is, you know, it's really bad. Um, but then at the same time, we see this huge level of polarization and anger and, you know, with the system, with how things are done, things, how things are run. How do we, I guess, in a sense, how do we convince people that like the municipal sector, the municipal level is something to focus their attention on and to actually be engaged in not just once every four years, but throughout um, because of these serious issues that we've just kind of talked about, because you do have all these, you do have a lot of people coming forward and oversimplifying it and having these, you know, quacky kind of solutions that are not going to help or just perpetuate the issues. But how do we, how do we get people to want to vote for the municipal election? Because the municipal government has the, you know, the biggest impact in every person's day-to-day life. Like that's, this is, it's really important, but people don't see it. How do we make them see it?
2: Um, that's, that's a great question. Um, that's usually how I start the answer when I don't know what the, what the is. <laughs> okay, well, um, I so
1: how about this then? Why, why do you, th- why do you think there is widespread apathy? I mean, we even saw in the provincial election, the lowest voter turnout in like in a very, I think in history, actually in the spring's election, after we yeah, had, it's concerning. Years, yeah, when we just had the biggest, you know, crisis in our, in our life and certainly all of our lifetimes here. And people just are, they're just too note. What do you, any, any insights so, there why you think that yes. is?
2: So I think for one, the provincial turnout is concerning because generally I felt that municipal turnout has lagged about 20 points behind provincial turnout. Um, in 2018, we had about um, in Grey Highlands or Grey, Grey Bruce, the provincial turnout was a little over 60%. Uh, the municipal turnout was around 40%. With the provincial turnout having been so low this year, I'm worried that you're going to have about a quarter of the electors voting a council in for four years, um, you know, if the 20% point or 20 points um, uh, figure uh, is consistent. Um, and it's, de- it's definitely a concern uh, because the people who get out to vote are usually the people who are unhappy with how things have been going. Um, And I find a lot of these people are simply contrarians who are against everything. They want um, things to remain the way they were. Um, as an example, I at County Council, I once made a statement that we need more density in Gray Bruce or in Gray County. Um, and, you know, that could mean higher uh, high rise apartments or, you know, um, low-rise apartments but apartment buildings rather than single-family uh, dwellings. Um, that got uh, published in, in an online uh, newspaper and someone shared that article with I don't want gray Highlands to change. I like it the way it is you know um, so we've I, I think how do you make municipal government more attractive how do you make it sexier? I don't know. Um, At the end of the day, politics is not supposed to be entertaining or attractive or, you know, it's supposed to be people coming together and saying, all right, you know what, let's get together with the one goal that we want to make a better community, a better Grey Highlands or a better Ontario, a better Canada, whatever that be. Um, I don't feel that that's what's happening um, due to the polarization. And so people are tiring of that and they're saying, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, one of the things I heard during the provincial elections, it doesn't matter what color gets voted in. They're all the same anyways. You know, um, In Grey Highlands, there's 23 candidates running for seven positions. There's three for mayor, three, three for deputy mayor, and um, 17 for five council positions. Now, a lot of those people are saying the same thing. I want to make your tax dollar work more, or, you know, we need to find efficiencies. Uh, God, why did I not think of that? If only I thought of, you know, looking for the efficiencies, right? (laughs) So people are seeing this and they're saying, well, there's 17 people, all of whom are saying the same thing. What's the point, right? Um, So I think people have lost some faith, unfortunately, um, which... Again, it's it's it should be concerning uh, because yeah, when right. people lose faith in their their government systems, their, their de- democratic systems, that's when you see uh, populists come to power. Um, you know, um, they come to power when when people are going through a rough time, um, or when people feel that their voice doesn't matter, and someone comes through and says, you know, they, they appeal to the to that core fear of you think your voice doesn't matter I'm going to make it matter which frankly is how uh, President Trump came to power he appealed to that core fear of you know it's not your fault that you're you don't have a job or that the economy is bad um, it's the elite um, or it's the immigrants you know um, so unfortunately we need to change that language in our politics and have a debate on the issues rather than attacking your opponent, you know. um, Give me a reason why I should take time out of my day and vote for you instead of trying to give me 10 reasons as to why I should take time to vote against your opponent, right? And I feel that until that changes, and I wish I could be optimistic, but... You know, and, and I might I might get in trouble for um, for saying this, but I, I think with the recent Conservative Party elections, again I don't see much hope for that language changing, because the um, the person that's been elected um, went out and um, socialized for for the lack of a better word with the freedom truckers, um, whatever their cause may have been. Um, they try to storm parliament. And for someone who was in opposition at the time, and now it's the leader of the opposition, to go out and socialize with these people who are trying to storm parliament is not appropriate in a democracy.
1: Yeah. Um, Wholeheartedly agree with you, Akash.
2: Right? So I think that language needs to change if we want people to get back to the polls. And if people want that language to change, they need to get back to the polls. So it's a chicken and egg. Um, which comes first, right? Right. Um, and but yeah, it's hard, and and I have little cause for optimism. Unfortunately. Okay. Well, I'm I guess, sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. I was going to say, well, on on that optimistic note, um, I think I think Jared and I wanted we're kind of getting close to the end of our time, but I think we wanted to kind of leave the, or or finish this off with you know, some parting words or some advice you'd have maybe to somebody who, like, let's say, you, cause I guess now it's too late to not to run if you haven't run, but someone who already yeah. put their name forward or somebody who gets, re, who gets newly elected in, um, you know, at the end of October, what, what advice do you give as someone who's now, you know, you're not running again, you can kind of look at it a little bit in the rear view, um, maybe be a little bit more candid, a little bit more honest. Do you have any advice, any parting words for them that you'd, that you'd give?
2: Um, yeah, I, Three things. Um, the first one, make the tough decision. Um, it's going to be hard, but it's, it'll be okay because the tough decisions are usually the right decisions. Um, so make that tough decision. Don't worry about the backlash. Um, two, set boundaries on social media. Um, you know, whether it's not having a social media presence at all or it's having a social media presence from this time to this time. During these days, um, set those boundaries. Um, it's something that I failed to do, and it, it led to um, me having s- several issues in my personal life because of that. Um, and um, eventually, it led to me taking Facebook off my phone entirely um, because I had a hard time moderating the amount of social media I was consuming. Um, so that's two. And this and third is. Don't be afraid to reach out, whether it's reaching out to someone on your council who you respect. Don't necessarily agree with all the time, but you have respect for. Reach out to them. If it's a former member of council that you feel more comfortable talking reach out. Talk to people because um, some of these issues are not unique. Um, when, I, when I come to the Good Roads Conference, I, I speak to several people who have the same issues that I have. Um, And I usually think, well, you know, gosh darn it, if we were all in the same council, we'd be amazing. (laughs) But, you know, so talk to other people and um, they'll understand your position. Your family, your close friends, your family members might be able to um, empathize with you or show empathy to you. But people who've been in that situation can understand your position position that you're in and they can provide it provide advice or even words of encouragement sometimes if not oh. advice saying yeah. it's going to be fine um, And that's a good the thing
0: things- that's the good thing about uh events like the good roads conference is there are lots of people there to talk to and it, it may be somebody who puts uh well like you said it may be somebody who's seen this issue before it may be somebody who puts the that issue in a different perspective for you so that you can come to a better understanding of it um but yeah that's fantastic advice get out there and talk to people
2: mm-hmm. and you know as always if you ever want to talk to me i'm i'm quite readily available on linkedin and twitter um i've kind of toned down my facebook presence a little bit um <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm easy to find um i'm also you can also find me on the township southgate website for my email um You know after 55 days are up and my term has come to an end (laughs) Um, yeah yeah no so i think those are the three things that i I tell in a heartbeat i tell to anyone um don't be afraid to look for help whether it's um you know from a member of council former member of council or even in some cases um mental health help I know several municipalities have started including their members of council on their employee assistance program. Mm-hmm. Um, I know gray Highlands does it, gray County does it. So, you know, bring that before your council, um, and have an open conversation about it because at the, at the end of the day, it is a thankless job. And as much as everyone says, you know, council as a team, it's true for the image you portray to the public, but at the end of the day, you're seven individuals, you know, right. um, so yeah, don't be afraid to talk about the tough subjects and ask for help.
0: Awesome. Okay. All right. That uh, that about covers everything for this episode. Akash, uh, we want to thank you for joining us today. I know a lot of what you uh, have to say, it's hard for some people to hear, but it needs to be said and we need to be looking at uh, municipal governments a little bit more pragmatically instead of uh, falling into the pitfalls of populism and quick fix, quick fix promises. Um, Uh, so again, thank you for being here and thank you for saying what needs to be said, uh, for everybody else. Uh, Not a problem. Uh, remember to check out the new Good Roads website at goodroads.ca. Our fall and winter education offerings are now available for registration. So check them out under the education section. See how Good Roads can help you succeed in your career. Uh, while you're there, have a look at the career hub for all of the latest career postings from around the province. And, um, See if anything there can help you out. Uh, also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and now Instagram for uh, up-to-date information on everything happening at Good Roads. Uh, if you're watching this video on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Uh, give us a comment. You know what? Today's um, Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. Uh, if you're commenting, let me know why it's Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. Uh, <laughs> nobody knows what you're talking about, Jared. Uh, they will. Um Yeah, it was the 21st of September. That'll be a hint for you. Um, Yeah, so give us a thumbs up. Be sure to subscribe because it's not just the podcasts that go up here. We offer tons of great content to help you run your municipalities as efficiently as possible. Um, Yeah, if you have a comment, leave it for us. We love your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, until next time, everybody, take it easy.